0: Welcome to Opinion Has It. I'm Elmira Bay
1: The problem today is that uh, inequality is at its highest that it has been probably ever.
0: For the past several decades, the gap between the rich and poor in societies worldwide has been widening. The combined trends of increased inequality and decreasing mobility pose a fundamental threat to the American dream, our way of life, and what we stand for around the globe. In the U.S., The Census Bureau recently released a report showing that the gap is at its widest in more than 50 years. Between 1979 and 2014, all households did see their incomes go up, just not at the same rate. According to economist Thomas Piketty and today's guest, Emmanuel Saez, the top 1 percent share of national income rose from 9.1 percent in 1979 to 15.7 percent in 2014. And for the wealthiest of them all, the top 1%, incomes went up by a whopping 221% over those 36 years. Many economists attribute this trend to globalization and the technology bias of today's labor market. But Saez points out how the rich are taxed, or rather, how they are not.
1: Today, when you put together all taxes, you find that essentially all income groups pay about the same rates, which is 28% on average was actually a somewhat lower rate of 23% at the very, very top of the distribution.
0: It's a tax system designed for the plutocracy, he says, and it needs to end.
1: Oh, well, this is Emmanuel
0: Science. Hi, Emmanuel, this is Elmira. He joins Hello. me from Berkeley, California Hello. to discuss how, how to you? implement it. Good, good. Emmanuel Sayas is the director of the Center for Equitable Growth at the University of California at Berkeley. Yes. Uh,
1: b- by the way, I'm recording also on my cell phone, so I will have a file.
0: You he know, is a I recipient of the you. John Bates Clark oh, Medal, awarded to economists under forty who have made a significant contribution to the economics field, and co-author of Triumph of Injustice: How the Rich Dodge Taxes and How to Make Them Pay. Emmanuel, I want to start out with the basics. What is a wealth tax? And why isn't it simply a punishment for being rich, as many critics claim?
1: Yes. So so wealth tax is an annual tax that is assessed on your total wealth, the sum of all the assets you you own, housing, stocks, bonds, businesses, net of all your debt. And uh, it's a progressive tax. That is, it has a very high exemption Level so fifty million in the in the Warren tax plan thirty two million in the Sanders uh, tax plan so effectively it hits only the very very wealthy roughly speaking the point one percent of the uh, population and so you can ask the question as you said a little bit provocatively in your question is that a good thing or a bad thing?
0: So you mentioned just now the word progressive and historically we have thought of the United States as having a progressive tax system. What changed and when?
1: Yes, so it is uh, largely forgotten now, but the United States actually invented very progressive uh, taxation in the early part of the 20th century. It was the first country who uh, really cranked up top individual income tax rate to 67% as early as 1917 to fund World War II. Then during the New Deal, the tax rates on inheritances, top inheritances and top individual income went very high, uh, all the way to 90% for, for income. And it stayed that way up to the late 1970s. And then progressivity of the U.S. tax system fell dramatically during the 19 19- 80s, actually during the Reagan administrations. And the way this happened was in uh, two steps. First, when Reagan comes in, he says the government is the problem. And the government is taking from uh, uh, individuals and therefore it, the moral thing to do for the wealthy is to try and avoid taxes. So in the early 80s, you see an explosion of tax avoidance through tax shelters that allow people to buy tax avoidance products that create big losses that they so that they can offset their other income and reduce their tax liability and then once the system has a lot of tax avoidance in it Reagan turns to democrats and says look taxing the rich doesn't work anymore so let's cut a deal and let's improve enforcement and in exchange of that lower the tax rate on the wealthy significantly, and so that's what happened. During the Reagan administration, the top individual income tax rate fell from 70% down to 28%. Today, when you put together all taxes, you find that essentially all income groups pay about the same rates, which is 28% on average was actually a somewhat lower rate of 23% at the very, very top of the distribution today in 2018. So Ben Franklin said, nothing is certain in this world except death and taxes. And it looks like 2020 will be about at least one of those. Elizabeth Warren just coming out with the most aggressive proposal to tax the super rich in generations. It's a tax, a wealth tax on the top 0.1%. That could raise around $2.75 trillion over a decade, but from just 75,000 households.
0: But if you're talking about the very rich avoiding tax, why would a wealth tax then succeed?
1: Yes. So critics uh, have said the wealth tax is not going to work in the sense that it's not going to raise that much revenue because the wealthy will find way to avoid and evade uh, the tax. And they point to the European experiences where wealth taxes have been tried and by and large, it is true that they failed. The point we make in our studies and in our book is that actually tax evasion, tax avoidance is not a law of nature. It really depends on tax design and tax enforcement. That is, if the tax is well designed and well enforced, it will be uh, successful. And so just to, to give you a couple examples on the, on the wealth tax itself, In Europe, it failed because it was easy to avoid and evade the wealth tax. So for example, if you were in France, a rich uh, French person, by simply moving to London, uh, after a year, you were no longer liable for the French wealth tax, making it relatively easy to flee uh, the wealth tax. In contrast, the, the US system is based on citizenship. And therefore, Even moving away, uh, if you're a U.S. billionaire, would not extinguish the wealth tax uh, liability. The the tax follows you wherever you go. And to uh, shed it, you have to renounce your citizenship. And even then, you uh, you would be hit by a very large uh, exit tax. So on the avoidance front, it was easy. On the evasion front, uh, Europe didn't have good enforcement to prevent people from hiding assets in offshore accounts. So typically, the way it was done in France is that you would put your asset in Swiss banks and with bank secrecy, Switzerland and the financial institutions, the banks there, didn't uh, report anything to French tax authorities. So it was very hard for France to know whether you had assets uh, in Switzerland. That's not Uh, a law of nature and indeed the United States took in 2010 a very strong action against offshore tax evasion through the FATCA legislation, uh, Foreign Account Tax Compliance uh, Act passed under the uh, Obama administration that says all foreign financial institutions that uh, manage accounts for U.S. residents need to report the accounts to the IRS or otherwise the financial institution will be subject to very stiff penalties. So you can see that with such a law, you dramatically change uh, the picture of enforcement.
0: We want to build an America that works for the people, not one that just works for rich folks. You know, I have proposed a two cent wealth tax.
1: Are we satisfied that in America today, the three One, two, three wealthiest people in this country, Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos and Warren Buffett, now own more wealth than the bottom half of America. That is 160 million people. Is that what America is supposed to be about?
0: I want to move on to what the implementation of a wealth tax would look like in the United States. The idea has definitely become a hot issue in this Democratic primary race, and two of the leading candidates, Senator Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, are supporting it. You yourself are advising the Warren campaign. Can you walk us through some of the details of her plan?
1: Yes, so very concretely, the way the wealth tax would work is that uh, every year on, if you are really uh, wealthy on your individual tax return, in addition to the income items that are already reported for income tax purposes, the balances, the wealth corresponding uh, to the income items would be reported. So for example, if you are getting interest, uh, right now you report the interest, but there would be a system whereby the banks would also report the amount on your uh, saving account or bank account so that that number could be transferred to your tax return. So that's how it would works for real estate. Similarly, there would be a form that would tell you how much your house is assessed for, for stocks that pay dividends, uh, the same thing. So it would work exactly uh, alongside the income tax system, right now you know there is income reporting uh, through those uh, uh, forms for interest, dividends, capital gains, uh, etc and those forms would add uh, the balance so that effectively taxpayers would be equipped with all the information uh, that they could fill in on the tax uh, return and if their wealth is above fifty million, then they would be liable. For, uh, for the wealth tax. So in just in the same way that the income tax works well because there is reporting of income through third parties, employers, financial institutions, uh, et cetera, in the same way, that's how the wealth tax uh, would work.
0: Well, one thing that's interesting about income taxes is that you can put down exemptions. And from what I understand, there are no exemptions to the Warren Wealth Tax Plan. So if you have a work of art, for example, you would need to have that appraised and valued, and you mentioned um, you know, the value of a home. It strikes me that would require considerable enforcement. If you take a look at countries like Austria, they walked back their wealth tax in 1993 because it just became too costly to do. How does Warren's plan avoid this fate?
1: Yes, so two, two things here. The first thing, what it is essential to include all assets for wealth tax purposes with no exemption. And the reason why this is essential, it's because if you have exemptions for some asset classes, uh, so for example, uh, small businesses or real estate or paintings or work, work of arts, you create a huge tax avoidance uh, opportunity whereby the rich will then, shift their wealth into those uh, non-taxable assets. And there is substantial evidence uh, that the wealth taxes in Europe are undermined. It is incumbent on the government to develop a way to assess systematically all those assets so that it's easy for taxpayers to uh, report their wealth on their uh, tax return. And so that sounds downing, at first, because you say there's, there are so many assets, paintings, small businesses, re- real estate, but you, when you look into it, it's actually a lot of the work is uh, already done. So, just to, to give you an example, you said real estate. Uh, you know, we have a company, Zillow, that currently lists. All real estate properties in the United States and associated with a price in real term in, 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 in real time, and how do they do that? Well, they use all the sales and they estimate, based on local sales, price trends, etc how much each of our houses is uh, worth. So you see if a private company does it, it's not too far fetched to think that the government could deploy a similar system for real estate. People mentioned a lot paintings, but in reality, paintings that are very valuable are very well known. They are catalogued, they tend to be insured, and therefore they are typically appraised for insurance purposes. So to put it very simply, property rights are very well defined in an economy like the United States, and the value of things is very important to people, obviously. And we have a huge financial industry that's still precisely to try to assess value of businesses. So, you know, at that high level, it's one can understand how the information that the financial sector already produces on the value of things could be transferred to the government to make uh, the wealth tax work. That said, it's true, Europe didn't do that. And as a result, their wealth taxes failed. So to make the wealth tax work, it's not just you know, rehashing the recipes from the past, it's really to reinvent uh, the infrastructure so that wealth information gets built, systematized, you know, and transmitted to taxpayers so that the, the system works well, just like it does for the, the income tax.
0: How does the wealth tax take into consideration those individuals who have earned and paid taxes, but may have accumulated assets because of their hard work?
1: Yes. So another thing that we haven't discussed, but it's very important. And the big difference between the Warren and Sanders wealth tax relative to the European wealth taxes Is that the U.S. wealth taxes started very high, 32 million or 50 million for Warren, while the European wealth taxes started much lower, around one million. Obviously, you know, to get to 50 million, you either need to start from a big inheritances or build, uh, or have very high income or build a successful uh, business. So we are talking about a very small. Uh, fraction of the population. Now, how much are the wealthy currently paying or high income uh, people? And when you look at the very top of the distribution, you see that actually they are not paying that much in taxes, because take the case of uh, Jeff Bezos, what taxes does he pay? Obviously, Amazon makes corporate profits and will pay some taxes on that. But the tax rate they effectively pay is not that high. Actually, you know there were articles last year saying you know they paid zero in federal corporate taxes last year. But let's suppose they pay a, a reasonable amount in the U.S. Today, it's sixteen percent uh, on average paid in corporate taxes on corporate profits when you you include all corporate taxes, federal plus state. So sixteen percent on profits then. He will pay some income tax, but only if he sells his stock because Amazon doesn't distribute dividends. And Jeff Bezos, unless he has huge consumption needs, is probably not going to realize that much income. So he pays almost nothing probably in income taxes. So, so your question of have they, haven't they already paid taxes, to that we, we provide an empirical answer. And we say currently they pay less than uh, others, so at a minimum, you could say they should pay at least the same, and that requires increasing uh, their tax rate, and the wealth tax is, uh, is the most direct tool to, uh, 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 to increase their, their tax rate.
0: The tax, the way we're putting it forward right now, the wealth tax, I'm sorry, it's cumbersome, it's been tried by other nations, it's hard to evaluate. We can get the same amount of revenue through just taxation. I think another legitimate question to ask is how much the wealth tax will actually generate. And one of the biggest critiques of the wealth tax is that it actually won't generate that much revenue. And you've discussed how your plan would eliminate avoidance. But aren't there easier ways to raise revenue, like reversing the corporate tax rate reduction from 2017?
1: Sure. So there are many ways you could raise uh, more revenue, reversing the corporate tax rate, increasing taxes on uh, top high income individuals, taxing capital gains better. And all of those are uh, worth considering the wealth tax is the most powerful tool to increase progressivity at the very top for the reasons I mentioned, in in the sense that the other taxes, like the individual income tax, doesn't reach the very top very well. The corporate tax is now a pretty blunt instrument. It's a progressive tax, but it not only taxes the the, the very rich, but also anybody who owns uh, stock, including people who have pension funds for one case, et cetera. So it's less well-targeted uh, than the wealth tax. But look, I'm not, it's not like we are only in favor of a wealth tax. We also think that fixing our current tax system and in particular the, the corporate tax that now raises very little revenue and is easy to uh, avoid for a multinational is also an important uh, priority.
0: One of the arguments you make is that the rich have too much political influence. Can a wealth tax really address that problem?
1: All right. So the wealth for the vast majority of the population, the working class and the middle class, is, represents safety, the ability to have a buffer against economic shock or an unexpected uh, expense or losing one's job. At the top, wealth represents power. And the reason why it, it represents power, it's because when you are very wealthy, you will have uh, the ability to, uh, influ- to have a disproportionate influence.
0: Our democracy has been hijacked by the rich and the powerful.
1: When you have huge amalgams of wealth and income at the top, Then you get an inevitable corruption of the political process. The average person
0: feels disenfranchised, feels cynical.
1: If you own uh, such a a big business that has uh, uh, worldwide ramifications, if you think of people at the very top of the Forbes 400 list, now you can also use your wealth directly to engage policymakers or influence uh, the debate on public policies through uh, foundations. So it's obvious that high wealth gives you the power uh, to influence things. And when you look at what is happening, uh, they do use their wealth to influence society. And if you look beyond the United States, it's very clear that the super wealthy do use their wealth to influence governments, essentially to protect their position. So if the, the word oligarchy uh, has a meaning, it's it's exactly this. And in uh, many developing countries, that issue of concentrated wealth, entrenched wealth, preventing competitors has been, uh, has been a significant issue.
0: I want to push back on whether a wealth tax would actually reduce the influence the rich have. Couldn't the top 1 percent who could potentially be hit by a wealth tax, just move their money into their companies and lobby their causes from that?
1: Look, the, the wealthy are not going to lose uh, political power overnight, even with a wealth tax. And even if the wealth tax greens down their, their wealth, they will still find ways to, to influence politics. But roughly speaking, if you think influence is proportional to your wealth, at the very top, which is probably uh, a fair assumption. It gives you you the potential power you have to uh, influence things. It's obvious that if you go uh, after the biggest fortune and you reduce wealth concentration, you effectively reduce uh, the power of the wealthy. And and there is a very clear uh, historical precedence that is the US at the beginning of the 20th century had very high income and wealth concentration, then very progressive policies came in and it reduced dramatically income and wealth concentration. And as a result, it also uh, reduced dramatically the power uh, of the wealthy to uh, influence politics. So, so in the big picture, that's the situation we're contemplating. That is, can we find a progressive tax system that successfully reduces uh, wealth concentration? And from that, it will follow naturally that political the concentration of influence, Uh, would fall uh, as well. But of course, I'm not denying that in the short run, they would be able to continue using their wealth. They might develop lobbying through less taxed institutions. So perhaps, you know, there are foundations, perhaps there are corporations. But in the big picture, less wealth at the top means less political uh, influence of the wealthy.
0: But the wealthy also do a lot of good. I mean, if you take a look at the Gates Foundation, certainly that has been a, a huge positive uh, for health care, global health care, particularly in Africa. And I think there's been a lot of concern about how much billionaires would end up having to pay through this wealth tax plan. Bill Gates saying yesterday that he supports higher taxes for the wealthy, but not through wealth tax. If I'd had to pay
1: $20 billion, it's fine. But... You know, when you say I should pay $100 billion, OK, then I'm starting to do a little math about uh, what I have left over.
0: And in response, Elizabeth Warren's actually published a calculator for billionaires. So would someone like Bill Gates still have enough wealth to fund his charity initiatives? And I guess the bigger question is, in your opinion, should he?
1: Look, some of those foundations created by the, the wealthy do a, a lot of good, and that's great. But if you look at the numbers, uh, you see that how much the super wealthy uh, give is relatively small. If you, if you look at the top 400 taxpayers in 2014, uh, they gave something collectively like 10 billion relative to a wealth they have of 2.5 trillion. They do give some, but you can see that the numbers uh, are small relative to uh, what a wealth tax would raise uh, from them or what taxes should be on them, you know, if we had a system that was more progressive. So private charity uh, exists, but it's never going to be sufficient to replace uh, government uh, functions. So I think. You know, the view that the wealthy should do their taxes themselves through charity and decide how much they should pay is not going to resolve the problem. Because in 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 effect, when they do it, they impose on themselves uh, a tax, if you want to call that a tax, uh, that is too small relative to what others uh, uh, down the distribution pay for themselves. I have to pay through uh, official taxes.
0: There are a lot of hurdles before a wealth tax can actually become law for
1: progressives to invest their energy in a proposal that the Supreme Court has better than a 50% chance of declaring unconstitutional, that has very little chance of passing through the Congress, whose revenue potential is extraordinarily in doubt. For that to be the defining element in the progressive agenda in the United States, it seems to me is to potentially sacrifice an immense uh, opportunity.
0: How has the Warren campaign thought through getting this through Congress, and perhaps more importantly, past the Supreme Court?
1: So, at this stage, when you are running a campaign, you just flag, you know, where you want to go, and the, the, the virtue of the wealth tax is that it is very clear. It is going to be a tax that's going to increase the tax burden on the very wealthy. I mean, no other tax tool is as clear as this one to make that point. Then the law might need to be modified. It might need to be presented in a different way to pass constitutionality, or if it's deemed unconstitutional, that is being presented as a remedial income tax for very high very high wealth people who somehow manage to uh, avoid the income tax because they don't realize incomes, those are more technical questions that you might have to think through you know once uh you want to to see how how to make make it work but at at the level of a campaign flagging the big ideas, it's probably premature for the candidates themselves to talk about that one. But, of course, for experts like ourselves, uh, we've started thinking uh, about uh, all those issues and the the possible options.
0: Emmanuel, we end each episode by asking our guests this question. What gives you hope?
1: What gives me hope is that finally the United States is recording with its issue of uh, growing income and wealth concentration. And now, for the first time in uh, many decades, you have uh, leading candidates for the uh, democratic primary who've taken stock uh, of the problem and are finally making uh, proposals that look uh, radical relative to what we've seen in uh, recent uh, decades, but that are really aimed at uh, tackling uh, the issue of excessive wealth and income concentration in our country.
0: Emmanuel, thank you.
1: Thank you very much. So, so I've the face-
0: That was Emmanuel Saez. He's the director of the Center for Equitable Growth at the University of California at Berkeley and the co author of Triumph of Injustice How the Rich Dodge Taxes and How to Make Them Pay. And that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear what you think about it. Please rate and review our podcast. Better yet, Subscribe on your favorite listening app. Until next time, I'm Elmira Beyrosli. Opinion Has It is produced and edited by Kasha Brussalian. Special thanks to Project Syndicate editors Jonathan Stein and Rachel Dunna.